Hello, welcome back to Full Time Football with me, Connor McCann, Nathan Connor. Good evening. And Alice Lubbard. Good evening, boys. How are you doing? Ah, no bad, mate. No bad. Well, it's fair to say we've had an eventful time, mate, in the last two, three weeks since it was, since we were last on. Plenty to delve into, but we're just going to open briefly by talking about the charity night, which was, when was that, a fortnight ago now? Yeah, it was. Aye. Aye. We were just done though, aye. Aye, so Truffles is actually in the last probably half an hour revealed the final total for that night, which was somebody around there for note. £1,877.77. Absolutely emphatically remembered there. I know, I didn't remember it. I just had, had the group chap up on a double uh, <laughs> tab, so I, that's, I'm not the main man, I just... Remember that they are cheers. <laughs> Aye, but cheers to everyone that came along and that cheers for all your donations. I'm sure the I'm sure the money will go a long way to helping three great charities. So Aye. What a night it was. Fair play to Truffles for putting it on, fair play to everyone for coming along and hopefully see you at the next one. Yeah, it was good. It was a, good, it was a really good night. Um I think there was a uh, uh, some some really good um, FIFA being played. Uh, I was impressed with me. Aye. Some questionable FIFA being played for my part, but <laughs> I was not. I was quite proud of my wee run. I know um, I wasn't the furthest. Uh, didn't go the furthest out of all the podcast contributors, but I was still. I was still uh, happy with my run. I'll take that. That's I don't even I mean, I, my aim was to get through the first round. I get through the first round and get handsomely beaten the second round. So, you know what? I I got where I wanted to be, so I can't complain. Torres. Torres got the absolute uh, cheated, never defeated. <laughs> ah, that was that was that. That boy was far too good. Like, that boy was suspiciously good at FIFA. Um, and you know that way, like when he was playing, um, someone said you can t- you can tell he's really good because of the way he uses the controller. <laughs> <laughs> I was just it's well, it was, it was, it's it was well for analog sticks and all that. I mean, I, I I can make players play flicks, but I don't know I don't know like how to get them going the direction I want them to go. But <laughs> this boy was then flicks and what they actually seemed to be coming off. Right. I thought ah, you've played this game before. So. Uh, this, this uh, is I get However, he made it all the way to the final before he was beaten. The one Edward Downey. So Edward Downey lifted the gauntlet. Uh, what, that second goal that he scores is probably one of the best goals I think I've ever seen. I've got to confess, I actually missed it. I, I heard he was. It started from the back. Oh, that's when I. That's when I get interested. <laughs> started from the back and uh, cross uh, beautifully worked right the way up the pitch, and then the ball comes in the back post. And I think it, it was Sadio Mane who who he brought it in the back post and he scored and. Uh, I've never seen uh, a self um, human being celebrate a goal in FIFA as much as that night. I don't know if that's uh, sad. Or that. <laughs> no, it was passion. It was raw passion. And um, if if Mastercard did, um, or is it Carlsberg, one of those ones, if they did uh, Mastercard, Mastercard, <laughs> Mastercard, and Carlsberg or Carling, one of the three. Um, if they, if they, if they cards came out with FIFA, it would have been there. Yeah, if Carling did FIFA charity, I've really messed up, boys. Um, that was the one, the one joke I had to make. And <laughs> see, see you later. But no, it was a really good night. Aye, aye. Enjoyed, yeah, enjoyed that, and I dare say, Truffles are alive. Well, so I dare say, we'll have something else planned for maybe one of the other podcasts later on in the year. We'll probably get our turn again, same time next year, I would imagine. So, yeah. keep your eyes on Truffles said he was taking a few months off. For uni, but I'm sure he'll be back. Why is he past? I know. Anyway, yeah. Getting out of talking about uh, boys playing FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a very, 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 very eventful couple of weeks in Scottish football and Fotherfield. Yeah. Fotherfield being the Europa League, which we're going to very, very quickly talk about and then never talk about again. Uh, quite right. But well, okay, we'll start with Celtic actually, right? Because they were the first to kick off in the, in the opening leg, so. <sighs> what could have been? Me and Torres on the right, we've, we've not got any of the Rangers boys, so if you think we're being biased by having me dull tones as we're talking about the Europa League, it's. Well, 
the Rangers boys have a crap tonight. So, <laughs> but, uh, aye, Torres, overall assessment of the tie versus Copenhagen from a Celtic point of view, please. An absolute avalanche of chances missed. Do a lot of chances that should have been scored but wasn't. Overall, I think it was a carbon copy of the Rangers Braga game, but kind of the opposite way around, kind of thing. We us dominating the first half of the the opening leg, and then just falling away. Basically, we looked lost in that second half of the first leg, to be honest. And then that whole game last Thursday was just painful. Because again, uh, we had an absolute myriad of chances and didn't score a single one until we finished. I see. I, I don't know if we created as much in the second leg, but I'm I'm going to try and try and get a wee bit of kind of off the off the cuff kind of assessment of it because I've, I've tried I've tried my very very hardest not to think about it the last few days. I'm at, I'll be honest. Thursday night, I was absolutely human. Like. Like, when they talk to him, they're absolutely raging about it. I've, I have since calmed down, and obviously we had the game yesterday, so... Obviously, the benefit of more games kind of helps you to forget about it, but uh, Thursday night, like... I was painful. I, I, I was a defeated man on Thursday night, but... Kind of overall assessment of the tie was... Draw was made a heavy fan. Absolutely fan. I thought, right... Through top of the group, and we've got a reward between no, no one of the minnows, but cer- certainly no one of the kind of stellar names that we could have been playing. Certainly, with a mission second in the group, but obviously, I'd, originally I'd planned to go to Copenhagen, but never, never made it over. Uh, but I remember I was pulling myself a pint in the house during the first leg, came back into the living room. Just as I think you were definitely in my house stories, but I have yeah. Eddie was there and all. But just as I could, I could hear folk getting excited, and I was thinking, 25 seconds in, miss a glorious chance. All right, okay, miss another glorious chance. <laughs> Basically, straight after through Edward again, and then I think it must have been a stop chance he scored. I should say, it was an absolute barrage of chances we had in that first leg. Like, half time in the first leg, I'm the most relaxed I can ever wish to be. And I knock out time, I'm thinking, absolutely dominating this year. This this is, this is, we're in a really good position here. Like, say, second half over there, all right, they came out and played better. They, but we didn't really tap for the second half. Concede that kind of sloppy goal and charm on the turn is poor. Was beaten, beaten a bit easily in defence, but you know what? One each over there, no a bad result. So you take it to Parkhead, one each. First half at Parkhead, no, no particularly great, no terrible, but and enough control of the tie still for me. But then the second half, well, mostly comes down to individual errors. It's, a far too common theme with Celtic in Europe for me is individual errors costing us. It's the most annoying thing is it's, it's not one off either, but it's not one off being beat by a team that shouldn't well, a team that isn't as good personnel wise as us and a team that shouldn't shouldn't be at Celtic's level. I mean you can look in the last two seasons alone, that's EAT Athens, Cluj and now Copenhagen that have knocked Celtic out of European competition. It's, it's got to be a mentality thing, you know. It's, aye, basically, that, that's my assessment. Mentality and poor, poor, poor uh, individual errors of let us down big I must have sounded broken saying that there, but I'll let you back <laughs> <laughs> from, from a From a, a neutral perspective, um, when I saw the draw, um, I did think that, you know, that's the sort of tie really that Celtic should be winning. Um, I mean, no disrespect to Copenhagen, but but Celtic have to look at that tie and think that's a golden opportunity to get into the last 16. Um, 
as you're saying, you know, the missed chances, the sloppy defending, um, really, fans will be looking at that, the, the management will be looking at that, the players themselves will be looking at it thinking, that was a huge opportunity. Um, and, you know, the, obviously, it's a great result for Copenhagen, but for Celtic, when you consider even in the next round, you know, they would have been up against Istanbul, Basashkir, and obviously, you know, trip to Turkey would have been difficult but that's another tie you're thinking it's I, I've, I, I, I looked at it myself and thought you know what yeah. I don't really know much about them as a team but obviously they've got a few recognisable names but it's still a still a game where, well, especially with Celtic obviously, obviously if they went through you'd be kind of on a high again and you'd be looking at that thinking do you know what why can't we beat Istanbul Basics there or whatever you call them yeah but, you would, I, I would have really fancied it, to be honest. But. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it would have been a difficult game. Um, I think, you know, they've got a few. I think they're just one of these teams, you know, location-wise, it's always difficult to go across there. But they've, I think, Gal Cliche, once of Manchester City, plays for them. And, you know, they've obviously made it into to the kind of round of 16. So they're not, they're, they're, there are no easy games at that stage in the tournament. But, I mean, oh, I, I, I still think Celtic will be looking at that and thinking... What could have been, but at the end of the day, I think they only have themselves to blame because the performance in the first leg was was okay. But I mean, there was a chance um, when, when McGregor's running through, and, and you know you've got the chance there to grab another away goal, and then the second leg. Ah, oh, I mean, you've already spoke, you've already spoken about it, McCann. But like from from a neutral's perspective, I have to say, um, yeah. It was quite a naive performance defensively. I think that you know mm-hmm. the, the game was there for, for Celtic to to win, and yeah, especially it'll hurt more after you know Rangers progressed the night before. Um, and I know Celtic fans are saying, "Oh, you would rather win, you know, nine in a row, ten in a row than and and that that that's that is you know true, but it still doesn't make it any less kind of um, sore considering and considering how raw it is. It's literally just happened. Um, and yeah, I, I, yeah, it is. I still want to take. You would, you would like to think that the, that the board would maybe learn from it, but I mean, how many times has this happened where Celtic have, mm-hmm. you know, thought, or oh, maybe maybe this will kind of spur the spur the board into life, and it hasn't. So I, I don't, I don't know, but clearly, you know, if there's money there that, that can be spent, and, and you know, I think if money had been spent, more money had been spent, Celtic perhaps mm-hmm. would be in the kind of. Round the sixteen, but that's all hypothetical. It's all it's all very well seen. All from where the board had kind of got their checkbook out more often and more kind of readily. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, maybe one or two more bits of quality in the defence gets you a place. And I think the defence was was where the game was was won and lost because I think all three goals are arguably avoidable. Ah, definitely. But for me, you could actually see. I actually rang through kind of Julian being the seven million man. Like, Julian over the two legs is the one that I thought. Aye, you'll you'll let you belong at this level. Whereas Ayer in particular with Simonovic, obviously in the second leg, possibly didn't as much. I, I, I actually kind of I do rate Simonovic as a centre most of the time, but it's just when he's got that one or two mistakes in a third game. And, Always, always a, a risky factor for a centre and obviously that rang through. But uh, another thing, like individual, there was individual performers that just had an off night. Like Callum McGregor has been excellent since the turn of the year, but in the home leg never felt he got much joy. That's possibly due to the fact that there's a kind of makeshift midfield, if you like. Brown obviously coming in. No fully fit for me, which again rings a problem. Uh, you've got a two million signer and Sorrow has been added to the Europa League squad, and isn't he? Isn't anywhere near the squad? Well, Brown still going for that injury, but that's that's a thing for another day. But aye, Rogic off the ball for me doesn't do enough. He looked all right on the ball, particularly on the first half. He had some openings, but off the ball. It always gets no to the seventy. It always gets to the seventy minute mark, and he's blown at his ass. Oh, well, and, can I have seen that? For, for, I, I'm going to call it the winning goal. Basically, I, I know this whole game, but 
the the goal that seals a tie for them, you can you can see all the exponent is asked when that boy's uh, going towards him, he kinda slaps it to his chest and uh, it's just a lazy attempt to control the role. So, aye. Uh, really like Rodney to the office, particularly on Thursday. So, obviously, the first, first leg, you're actually in no bad position. So, you can't really draw it more at the first uh, leg. But just too many things coming see, unstuck. That's the annoying part of us doing all the hard work over there to get a good result. I know we could have won it, but I won one each away from home, still a very good result in Europe to take it back to Parkhead and then just a catalogue of individual errors unfortunately cost us Twitter's Twitter's done it should I've been getting quite annoyed on Twitter I've got to say because James Forrest has been getting some amount of stick on Twitter lately and I just think people have such short memories with Forrest I've got to be honest I've seen seen kind of stuff like oh he's not a big game player on that that's the same James Forrest that pulled his level in Rome. Same James Forrest that scored away to Cluj. Same James Forrest that scored against Rangers within the last year. Same James Forrest that scored, what is it, 10 goals and 14 assists he's got this season in the league alone. So, nah, I'm not buying into that. For it, did he have a good night? Not particularly, but I'm not buying into that Forrest Hyde malarkey either. Nah, it's not his fault that we lost that game. Nah, it's not, but... And I think folk just see it as an easy target, to be honest, because he's been going through a wee bit of poor form, shall nah, we say. I mean, but... since, it, since probably, probably since the Rangers game in the 29th, you would say, it's not, it's not exactly been the form of his life, but... But, uh, I still have, still have key players for this for me, um, even though he's having a shite season, apparently a shite season according to Twitter, he's doing no bad in the goal and assist front still, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure he's no bad for ah, yeah, last that's year's that's numbers. It's, 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 I had the stats to hand there. <laughs> I've kind of, kind of forgot the exact numbers, but it is, I think, 10 goals and 14 assists in the league alone. Add to that a few goals in Europe, a couple of goals in the Cup. I mean, you can't say the boys had a bad season at all for me, but... Nah, you can't. Just folk have short memories. Well, that's it for me, I. Um, I'll sing the boys' crazy stuff. I still think, I think it's a massive player for something. But... That was a kind of other thing for me as well. I thought the atmosphere just was the... Something kind of lacking for the atmosphere. I didn't really feel like a real European night. Well, a European night with, uh, with what was at stake, if that makes sense. I think it was a very nervous atmosphere. A lot of... And then... It just... The Green Brigade were trying to get folk going, but it just wasn't happening. Aye. Yeah. Been the late show, that's what I say. The disco lights. Uh, I quite <laughs> I quite enjoyed when um, I was at Parkhead in that um, miserable away corner um, for the Kilmarnock against Celtic game that finished 3-1. I enjoyed when they put the disco lights on it was still broad daylight. It's a bit like when um, somebody sets off a firework and you can't see it um, at like midday. I was like, oh. I noticed that last week. I, I, I didn't that notice is, that. That's very good, that. But, I mean, it just looks a bit insignificant. Um, I mean, if you spent... How much did you spend on them? Um, not them. Not them. Sorry. I'm trying to... Well, various, various rumours get happening in the millions <laughs> and all that, but I'm not. I couldn't, couldn't actually tell you to be honest. But no, um, yeah, I, I think all around it seems like it was quite a a, a sad night at Parkhead on Thursday night. But um, yeah, and that's I'm the last I'm ever talking about that. Anyway, I suppose we better talk about the other mob. No, you know, fair, fair play to them. They've somehow managed to, in the space of days, um, beat Braga and, and then and then and then get papped out of the Scottish Cup by the worst team in the top flight. So I think that takes that that in itself. Oh, no, 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 I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I, no, I don't want to take away from Rangers' achievement. I think, um, you know, no, to, to be fair, they were the very excellent Braga. Oh, hey, yeah, I mean, Braga had had arguably an off an off day for the second leg and I think the second half as well at Ibrox they'll be disappointed but 
take nothing away from Rangers' performance. I think the, um, you know, and it'll, it'll be all the more frustrating for Rangers fans that they can produce that sort of display in Europe and then produce, you know, the display that they, they did against Hearts at Tynecastle. Um, you know, I think they... Well, there, there was an interesting... I'm not trying to delve into the Hearts game too early, but did you just caught Ryan Kent's interview? I never actually caught it. No. I've I, I seen the game, but i never seen any of the aftermath. But Ryan Kent's supposedly said they preferred being an underdog. Mm. Rangers. I mean, you can see that in the way they play, but that's a dangerous thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, and it's also, it's also been your... The club in Scotland with the second biggest budget. I mean, you know, how, how often are Rangers going to be an underdog? I know exactly. In Scotland? Maybe, I mean, yeah. maybe twice, three times a season. Um, if we're playing, playing a Celtic team on form. It's a strange comment to make. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I, really, I, I don't want to detract from, from um, Rangers. I, I think, you know, it's a great achievement. As much as um, I dislike Rangers, I think, you know, you have to, to give them credit. Um, but I, I did see a really interesting, it's not so much a statistic as a fact, but apparently Rangers are the first team in Europa League history to go all the way from the first round of qualifying to the round of 16, which I think um, is commendable. To, to have gone through so many rounds of qualifying, to have progressed from their group stage and then to have overcome a rejuvenated Braga side, I think they do deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, their fans will just be frustrated that they can't transform that into their kind of domestic success but you know by the same token they've got a really exciting um, round of 16 tie coming up against Leverkusen I think Leverkusen will, will win both legs comfortably and um, that might come back and, and haunt me that comment but having watched I've watched Leverkusen quite a few times this season and they are you know a, a quite a few levels above this is a side that beat Dortmund 4-3 it's a side that's won 7-8 and eight games um, since the turn of the year um, or, or roughly since the turn of the year and I just think if, if the Rangers that, that, that beat Braga turns up or the Rangers that turned up in the second leg against Braga and then the Rangers that turned up in the second half of the first leg then maybe they might have a slight chance but I mean by Leverkusen they're looking like um, a different team but then we were saying that about Braga I suppose before um, before Rangers played them and Rangers managed to, to win so I, I just think I mean Leverkusen are a level up again from Braga and there are a number of up from Rangers so it will be an interesting tie it will be good to see um, how young Kai Havertz performs very exciting young German player on Leverkusen's books just now it will be interesting to see how Connor Goldson and George Edmondson or Katic or whoever Gerard goes with in that back line copes um, no, Edmondson looked like a three lines national team defender on Wednesday night and he looked like a three lines pub defender on Saturday night it's just it's just to, I mean, certain games suit certain players, and I think perhaps Wednesday night just just suited Edmondson. Whereas you know, Hearts. I mean, we'll, we'll get on to that Scottish Cup game, but it just didn't go right at all for Rangers. And then I know that you can maybe ask questions of the referee, but a number of Rangers fans were saying they need to stop just blaming the referee because the performances aren't good enough. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I touched on that, Brian. Very, very strange for me. As Connor has kind of alluded to, it was, <laughs> there was actually a lot of aspects for Celtic's tie with Copenhagen. They kind of mirrored it, so although Braga took the Celtic side, Copenhagen taking the Rangers side. But Braga, for, is it a, first I've seen, seen Braga in years, probably. I've, I've not watched a Braga game for maybe even since Celtic played them. Mowbray was in charge, that's, that's how long we're talking, so. I've got no prior, prior thing in Braga, but for the first maybe 60-65 minutes, I thought they were excellent. Like, they really, really looked a top, top team. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they under Ruben Amarine, this kind of manager, kind of young manager who had taken over, <laughs> they, have, they have been looking a lot better, and I think that makes Rangers win all the more kind of impressive. Uh, they, you know, certainly going into the tie, I, I was convinced that, that Rangers would struggle. Um, I was convinced that Braga would probably over the two legs win, not comfortably, but and you know when you watch that first half, Braga score, you know they score that first goal in the second half, they score again, and well, 
Neil's I, think when, yeah. I think when the draw was made, kind of, a lot of folk were saying they kind of fancied Rangers to begin with because I think at the time Braga was sitting something like 13th in the Portuguese yeah. league. Yeah, they were. And it's about probably 20 points below a Porto side that Rangers had dropped over, over two games, been, been for me considerably better. I, Obviously, I've never seen like the whole. Uh, I've never seen the home game at all. But obviously, they won two 0 And I say I've seen probably half of the away game where they were very, very comfortable. So I thought they can play like that against Porto. Surely they've got a good chance against Braga. But can I sense that things then started to unwind with Braga? Obviously, sacking their manager, bringing this new guy in, they seem to start start churning out results. Yeah. And you can I seen that form going into that game. They, even on a terrible, terrible Ibrox pitch, it's got to be said, their passing was really, really good. Creating chances. Uh, I mean, could, could, could have been anything. I know that in. It could have been any scoring, but... Just on that, just on that um, terrible pitch, I was just thinking Rangers could do with a wee AstroTurf number like you've got down at Rugby Park. <laughs> well, I'm not an advocate for it. No, no, I'm kidding, oh, I'm kidding. Oh. After being at Perth yesterday, like... <laughs> That was Absolutely. I, I was surprised that game was on when I seen the pub. It really, it genuinely looked like the sort of parts used to play us as a wee guy. I mean, like Saturday morning, they were dreadful, and it's like ah, the, the, just so, just to be like the one you would you would get driven up to the park, you would step on it, and the referee would go nah, nah, he's only playing yeah, the boys. Drop the ball on it, and it would just yeah, nah, it's um, it's like so it's, I find it quite rich when folk constantly slate at artificial pitch. And don't get me wrong, I'm not. I mean, I would much rather have a grass pitch or be park. But at the same time, when you see pitches like that, you see the way that the Tynecastle pitch is just now. You look at the Highbrooks pitch; uh, it's like you know you can't. It's, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's just as in an ideal world we would all have brilliant grass pitches, but we you know we're playing football in Scotland, and the weather is as the weather is. And, and I mean that. Yeah. You know, it's the same. All nature has done Hamilton, Kelly, and Lovey. The world that good in the last few weeks. It's, it's, it's strengthened their argument yeah. tenfold for for the yeah. Astro Park. Yeah, nah, but what what um just I don't I mean well done again to Rangers best of luck to them against Bayer Leverkusen I don't think they'll get through that one but if they do then you know fair play but what 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 did them um, what did you guys make of the the Scottish Cup fixtures that have just happened as in the draw or the actual games oh the game the games oh the games well yeah. we were in we went we went up to Perth yesterday we actually made the game there uh, actually made it on the last day morning Perth. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was, I mean, it was, well, it wasn't a bad game. It wasn't a, a, an instantly memorable classic. But I, I actually thought it was quite a good game. Well, it was two, two teams fully bloodied. St Johnston actually played very well. But I'll be fair to them. St Johnston, tricky customers when they want to be. They seem to be in a wee bit of form now. I really, really like the boy, uh, Ali McCann, in the middle of the park. I think he's a really, really good looking player. Handsome and good player. Yeah. I think with the Bonds called McCann. I know. But that's by the by. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I think I think St Johnson have, have really um, turned it around when you consider the poor start they had to the season. Well, yeah. I tipped them uh, right at the start of this season. I think we, whoever was on it at the time, all gave their table for the season. I, no, I had St Johnson not bought them, I've got it on. They're, making, they're absolutely splashing egg all over my face with that production. I think you've got to give Tommy Wright a lot of credit because a lot of folk were calling for his head after going, was it six or seven games where I win at the start of the season? Yeah. And then, I think it was a tough start anyway and they're calling for his head, but he seems to have turned it around. I think he's finally got a system that he's actually happy with and kind of can get the best out of the players he's got. Well, can I go to a point uh, at the start of the season that you're, you're starting to think, is it maybe a season too much for Tommy Reid with the same kind of... Obviously, he had a lot of old-timers in this team before and they got a tune out of them, but obviously, such as a thing with players in their 30s, they move on either to lower league football or retire. So, in the last couple of seasons, he's had to basically rebuild a squad with younger players. And I've got to say, see the boy Jason Kerr in centre-half, I thought he he was fantastic yesterday. I've been quite impressed with him every time. I think he's been there a year and a half now. But every time I've seen him, I've been impressed with him. And yeah, I think, I on, think... That sub- on that subject, McKenna and Sean both out. Scotland have vital qualifiers coming up. 
I must have you thought it crossed my head, but anyway, sorry, Alan. Yeah, no, I, th- I think no, I think to, um, you know you do have to give Tommy Wright credit. He's been there long enough. Um, he knows the league very well. And I think you know they're, they're not going to get relegated this year. They've still got a s- slight chance of, of the top six. And and yet, no, yesterday, no, no, they, five points, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yesterday they, they gave Celtic a real run for the money. I mean, it's the the goal. It's a wonderful delivery in that 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 takes such a really good delivery to undo them. You know, and and I think Tommy Wright looks at that and thinks. We, we, we had a chance there um, so no I think if Celtic had been knocked out on Sunday then you know you're looking at the last four and, and really any of those teams you know I think I, thought, I, thought, I think all four would equally have fancied it to be honest yeah, yeah. And, and you know but as as is you know Celtic's you know unbelievable is it, like, is it how many is it 34 straight wins in domestic competition, like thirty-four, yeah, yes, I'll be with thirty-four. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is staggering. You know, to have that level of consistency. I mean, especially in the cup, when when you know, it, one-off games and any and anything can happen. Uh, no, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, that is the point. Everyone, everyone does go on about all oh, that. Got the biggest budget in the league. Back considerable distance apart from probably Rangers. But look, it's a fair point. But thirty-four games, thirty-four one-off games. That's, they can't turn their nose up at that for me. Right. No, no, it's, it's 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 an impressive achievement, and you know, I, I did I did think for a minute yesterday on Sunday when the longer the game went on, I was thinking, you know, there is only going to be one goal in this, and it, you know, St Johnson will, I don't know if they'll feel hard done by, but they'll, they'll think, you know, they they gave Celtic a run for their money, and you know, it's just it's just this winning mentality that that we spoke about a couple of podcasts ago that these Celtic players just have. Um, certainly domestically anyway they have uh-huh, I was about to say that Taylor two mentalities but, <laughs> um, but you know it's, it is staggering it is very impressive and you know sh- sh- surely Celtic are the favourites to go in and win it again and, and you know they're going to win the league again that's what it's just it is I think you know just now a lot of people are quite, not quite uh, people do realise how amazing achievement it is but I think in years to come people look back on this and think, you know, even more so just how impressive an achievement is, just how, you know, despite the fact, yes, Celtic have the biggest budget, so they, they should be they, they should be kind of dominating the way they are, but, like, things that should happen don't necessarily always happen, and you still have to kind of, you know, produce at the end of the day, and Celtic have produced very consistently. Um, so, no, I, and I think they'll fancy their chances now, surely, to go and have another um, happy Scottish Cup final day at Hamden. Oh, I mean, definitely. The route to the route to the trophy is definitely not going to be easy. I mean, it's it's probably apart apart from maybe Rangers, like it's probably the other three teams you, you would typically look at most seasons that that would look to be winning that trophy. Obviously, I know how way down the league at, at this point in the season, but they've obviously still had put together quite a decent cup run as they did last year with, without being great, but. Aye, sir. Was a wee bit sceptical come the seventieth minute yesterday. I was a run about the seventieth minute. Stephen May almost gets in in front of Foster, and it's at that point I'm thinking if, if there is one goal in this game, I think that wins it. But yeah. aye, despite uh, despite the pitch, it actually was more of a bad game. I thought, well, as I said, no. The, the football on show wasn't it, tremendous, but it was, it was a full, full bloodied game. Crowd, crowd were getting excited, so aye. Yeah. Uh, is on, on uh, I think it, it was just one of the games, and I think it was just Thursday playing in my mind, but in the pitch. But I just had the image of one of the centre halves passing the ball back to Foster, and it just getting stuck in the mud, yeah. and Stevie May running clean through and goal. I just had that vision in my head up until the goal pro. Have we just seen the Nicker Greg Taylor after he's tried to put a ball into the box? I know. Absolutely. Head to toe in the mud. But again, it was a very well contested game. And you have to give plaudits to St. Johnson because it looks like they went for the 3 5 2 and just matched Celtic man for man. And I mean, they, the they seemed to have had a really good game for me, especially Jason Kerr. He was in the middle of the 3 5. But uh, Jamie McCart for me should probably, should, is lucky to be on the part late on. But yeah. 
I know a wee word on Jamie McCarthy. I think he's been a good signing for St. Johnson. He's come in from Inverness, um, and I think you know. Um, I think you know St John's. I mean, sorry to keep going back to St John's, but they do really impress me because they, have, they do have a shoestring budget and players like McCart are good things that come in. They're not fancy players, they're not exciting players, but you know for teams like St John's, they do such a good job. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I probably did agree with McCann. He's, he, he was lucky. To, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, uh, he, he did did have a very good game. I, I, I can mind. I'm sorry, seen him a few years ago. Celtic reserves and then he. Yeah, a couple of friends get into the team for a couple of families, and always thought he actually looks not too bad up players. He could maybe do a job. He's went down to, oh, well, I said down to Inverness, up to Inverness. Obviously, carved out not a bad, not a bad wee time there. Ended up back in the top league at St Johnson. Ellie Shane seems to be good, seems to be a useful, useful addition to But <laughs> okay to be on the part there's probably for me. St. John's uh, fans probably wouldn't agree. That's they'll say I throw body tackle, but see, it was kind of just real. in front of us in real time. I, I shrieked. I thought I thought it was going to be a badging for Forrest to be honest. But we we Jamesy, we Jamesy, or we pet Jamesy. Uh, yeah. What did um? Do you, do you guys have any more thoughts from that from that Celtic St. Johnson game or? I mean, not particularly. I mean, <laughs> obviously. I won now, not a lot of chances, so it's but despite uh, can, that, can, I actually can, enjoyed the game. But yeah, there's not a lot to really talk about. Aye, considering the conditions, considering the conditions and considering the pitch, I think it was always going to be a tight game because I think the pitch was effectively the leveler yesterday, and Celtic again have found a way to win it, albeit for a tough game, but the results still the same. Celtic won. So I anyway, as as we said, Celtic went with the odds. Rangers again, didn't they? So we come to the half five Saturday night again. I take it you've both watched it. I know. I well, I, I watched the highlights back, but I had a I had a ball that I was attending. Oh, uh, very, very fancy. I was uh, no, I was in, I was in, I was in my dinner too. I had a wee, I had a wee haircut during the day as well, and I was, I was, I was feeling wonderful. Um, no, uh, no, but that's no. It was a lovely night, but um, it was all the more beautiful because um, I saw that clip of the Rangers fans absolutely raging at the end of the game, and the other half. Oh, 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 <laughs> you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, as a Kilmarnock fan, I love to see. Old firm fans absolutely fuming at the end of the game. So on Thursday night we had Celtic fans eh, crying a river, and then on sorry boys, and then no, on that, that was that was me and the supporters bus. Uh, and Saturday, <laughs> Saturday fans equally as dejected, equally as fuming, and it was glorious. No, but um, no, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Hearts have only won four games since November. Um, once against Airdrie or Airdrieonians as they are again now. Once against Falkirk and twice against Rangers. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. It does not look good. You know what? I actually seen a Rangers fan tweet that and yeah. call Hearts serial losers. Aye, yeah. fair enough. But as when they play used. <laughs> no, do you know what? See, when you look in the the, the responses, it happens whenever Kilmarnock win against Rangers as well. The full time tweets, you see a lot of bitter Rangers fans. Um, and some of the the comments in there from Rangers fans was beautiful. Um, no, it was. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, you know the pitch at Tencastle is not great. Some of the refereeing was questionable, yes, but Rangers weren't good enough considering how good they had been on Wednesday night. I'll give credit where credit's due, but I'll also criticise where criticism's due, and they were very poor. Hearts took their chance when it came along. Um, but yeah, did you, <laughs> what about that handball or two handballs? Um, well, I first of all, I would say Stephen, Stephen McLean really didn't have a good advice. See, for it, I know it's Premier Sports, it's not as popular a channel, but it's a televised game at half five on a Saturday, prime time. And you've got Stephen McLean giving a additional performance like that. It's embarrassing, actually. The level of efficiency was utterly terrible. Although, I've got to say, McGregor at half time 
made it made it a game worth watching. See, even if Rangers won at four 0 I'd have said, Do you know what, that was still worth watching for McGregor's reaction at half time. <laughs> that was hilarious. I know. He's he's a he's a thir- he's not like a thirty eight year old man. Why is he's he doing a, that? He's a, a thirty eight year old angry little man. Why is he doing that? He just looks like a massive plum because of that kit he wears as well, and his face goes so red. He gives Alan Brazil a run for his money. In terms of uh, it's, it's, it's even a uh, even at the well the penalty incident that actually wasn't a penalty, but McGregor comes charging at his goal. Surely he's used- so I say that the referee all by the way, Hart should have had a penalty. He just, he just, Tom's been angry. Yeah, he is. He's a very, 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 very angry man. I think he just needs like he could really. He saw a guy that just looks like he could do with a wee like pot of natural yogurt to calm him down. I mean, obviously, this stage, this stage of his life slash career, I can hardly think he's going to change. But see, see when things only go in Rangers' way, then you say it's. It makes for a brilliant viewer, I've got to be honest. No, it's, the but, same, it's the same as well when things aren't going Celtics way. The two, oh, sorry boys, but I, I love it. I love it when the old firm are struggling. But um, no, in particular, um, the, the sea from the Rangers fans at full time was, was, was beautiful. Well, why don't we kind of try and delve into the game a wee bit? Yeah, I know, we're, we're too busy slating <laughs> what was going on off the pitch and Alan McGregor's um, angry manness. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll say one thing Hearts are a funny funny side yeah bizarre Hearts really were really were good well, yeah. I've got to be honest I, I was really quite impressed with Hearts yeah. the game the, the last game between Hearts and Rangers at Tynecastle Rangers actually could have won but see that one like, Hearts oh, Hearts yeah. were first minute to last like, it's all Hearts for me first to every ball Outfought Rangers, outplayed Rangers. Rangers just looked lost, and you have to think: is it because they didn't have a proper front man up front, or because they they just looked lost? I mean, obviously, I will get get to that in just a second. I think with Morelos, but Hearts got John Suter sent off. That's no sent off. Sorry, injured after twenty minutes, and brought on Big Dick Amona, who I think. He's only played something like eight or nine games this season. Big man put in some shift. Uh, he had an absolute stormer. Every header won. Every every area. Uh, so obviously every area will win if he's one of the header. Daft comment. <laughs> but on the on the deck, fine. But really, really had a great game, the big man. But obviously, it's a bit of a worry with John Suter being out because. Already had quite a few injuries in his career. It's it's snapped his Achilles. Looks like his season's over. But it's his other Achilles. He was out with an Achilles earlier this season. He was out with his other Achilles. But it is a shame because I think he is the sort of player who has a lot of potential and who, well, the few times I've watched him this this season, I've not really been terribly impressed with him. But he he does have that kind of potential there. I think he's very composed on. I get the impression he's very composed on the ball and he's a really good awareness of the game but seems to have just been so unlucky with injuries and you know when players get injured as often as he he, he is getting injured it does their confidence no good at all and it means that when he does come back again his confidence is going to be so low and, and naturally his ability will, will be um, impaired somewhat as well I uh-huh. yeah. and they might be in the championship yeah <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, Stendhal's obviously trying to implement this high press, which seems to work really well against Steven Gerrard's Rangers, but seems to work not so well against every other team in the league. So, I think Stendhal going into you know the last kind of part of the season, it's a crucial part in the season for for Hearts. I think they will stay up purely because you know they have the players. I mean, yes, some of the players are maybe overrated or perhaps past it, but. When you get a player of Stephen Naismith's ability in there, then I, I I think they'll be fine. I think they will be fine. But yeah, I mean, if every team played against them the way that Rangers played against them, then they they would they would be shooting up the table. But um, obviously, every team in the league plays you know different styles, and and the style that Rangers have just seems to be kind of perfect for for Stendhal's high press and this kind of way that he's got Hearts playing. I still believe that they've got one of the better sides in the, the league, so I think. 
they've got enough firepower to stay up in my eyes. But I, th- I thought the boy at left wing was fantastic. Was it Moore? Aye, the young, Just, is, is yeah, he the young, young boy? Aye, aye, young guy, but I thought, what's that game he had? Yeah. No, I think no, Hearts are, um, you know, they're really good at bringing young players through. Sometimes perhaps bringing them through a wee bit too young, I think, you know. Harry, I think Harry Coffin's a kind of obvious example. But. They were arguably, you know, thrown in at the deep end and, and, and Hickey, you know, started off okay, but, you know, he's kind of regressed rather than progressed. Um in the last few months but no you know Hearts have got a semi-final at Hamden to look forward to that can maybe kick start the season I mean but then we said that after they beat Rangers 2-1 um, you know a couple of months ago we said oh, maybe that will kick start the season and it didn't so we'll just you know we'll wait and see what happens well I've got to say it's the first time as well I've, I've watched Halkett this season and thought well there's a Halkett that won the move to Hearts that got that there's a Halkett yeah. that was the Halkett that got that move because I don't, I don't think we've seen that so much. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's a, it's de- definitely nobody one of Hearts' worst performers, by the way. It's just obviously no, the, team he's, the team he's in really hasn't helped. But. He's, he's obviously been in a very unsettled back four with injuries, so you've got to take that into consideration. Well, I, thought, but, I thought he took the game totally on his stride on Saturday. And I like him, him, him and that big dick of Mona were colossal in there. Every ball that went in that box. I said that about Jason Kerr as well, just there. Shooter and McKenna both look as if they're going to be out for the playoffs. Craig Calcutt's another one. Craig Calcutt probably got injured at the wrong time last year. He probably would have got into the Scotland squad for me at the start of, start of this season, but got, got an injury. For me, there's. Um, I think he could be one we could be seen in the squad at least. For me, Stuart Finlay has to start in there. I know I keep it every time I'm on, I do mention it, but I mean, I, I rate Finlay over um, McKenna, I rate Finlay over, Finlay over Suter. Um, you know, he's had a couple of uh, trips away with the squad. He made his debut, obviously, against San Marino. I know it's only San Marino, but he's still there. And, you know, he's, he's playing week in, week out to a very um, high level, arguably one of the best performers um, every game for Kilmarnock. And I, I think, you know, surely... You know, Steve Clark knows Finlay very well as well. So I don't think McKenna and, and, and Suter and, and are, are arguably as, as big a loss as, as perhaps some people might, might be thinking. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, uh, I'd be surprised if Finlay wasn't. No, no, in like with the recent injuries, I'd be surprised if Finlay wasn't starting in these games, to be honest. Yeah. I would agree with you in that. Yeah. What, um, I mean, we've, we've kind of we've looked at the. St. Johnson Celtic game in the Hearts Rangers game. But uh, we've done an absolute premier sports here and picked. Uh, they, <laughs> no, but um, they're not even hiding it anymore. Nah, I know they're, it's like the, the the image and it's like um, it was like Hamilton against Rangers and it was like Hamilton in like size six sport and then Rangers. <laughs> and like, it was like, ah, hey, come on, at least nah, that um, nah. To be fair, we actually did do Rangers a bit of. And, and just to say, I hardly really mentioned their game against Braga. I kind of realised that. But, uh, and away, the game, you know, no, but no. But you know uh, what? Sned, Sned, Toff, Scott McGee, and all that, only there. So it's not my business to talk about Rangers. <laughs> no, no, we, we gave them credit. And we, nah, point, we did give them credit. Pointed out the fact that they're the first team in history to, to go from the first in the qualifying to the round of 16. So no hats off to them. Um, but also, um, must do better after the performance against Hearts. What. Um, Obviously, Hibs and Aberdeen are the other two um, teams making up the last the last four, and you've got an, an Edinburgh derby um, to come both in the league and in the Scottish Cup, so that'll be quite tasty. Well, here's a question, obviously. Right, you're a Hearts fan. Would you rather win the morning or win the semi-final if you could win one game? Taking into account league position, etc. Sorry? If you were a Hearts fan, you know, would you rather win the morrow night in the league or would you rather win the semi-final? If you could only win one of them. Win one, lose one, what one would you pick to win? They go for the semi-final because they've got bigger games ahead of them in the league in the relegation scrap because I I don't... No, I I think... Yeah, perhaps an Edinburgh derby win in the league could could, um, give them... You know, but then they could build on the momentum from Saturday night. So, no... I don't. I really don't know, but surely if, if you give any football fan the prospect of a Scottish Cup final, be it against Celtic or Aberdeen, mm. 
um, surely they say, yeah, we'll take the Scottish Cup final because that gives them, you know, that chance. It's good as Celtic have been in the Cups. It gives them a chance. You know, Celtic might not even get through the semi-final. I think they will, but it gives them a chance at another Cup final. You know, a second kind of stab at it. Um, so, I, I think I think most Hearts fans would probably rather win the cup game, but some Hearts fans are arguably maybe the more kind of level-headed, less not passionate, but like not less passionate, but kind of more kind of yeah, pragmatic. The more pragmatic Hearts fan probably says, "No, give us the win on you know midweek against." Well, so, uh, uh, I'm kind of all the opinion that at this stage the cup should probably be seen as a bonus for Hearts. Yeah, because that's because. If they go down, it's going, it'd, be, it'd be a disaster for them to go down. It'd be, it'd be a disaster for the league, actually, for me, if Hearts They're a big team. Um, they're a big team, and obviously, um, great stadium. Um, and, yeah, you know, for Hearts to go down, it's, it's not out of the equation. Hearts have been very poor in the league. But, no, I, yeah. I, I think most Hearts fans would rather, you know, get to the final and then... Um, you know, if if they had to choose between the two games, lose to Hibs, but then pick up in the league after that. But it, again, it's kind of well, you know, they do need points because the points haven't been forthcoming. Um, yeah, no, an interesting one. Uh, a lot of folk have been saying that our oh, hearts will no get relegated. They've got too good a team, but the results are saying otherwise right now. They're still struggling in the league. I know they're saying, if given the option, a lot of fans would say win the semi final, but. They're starting to run out of games, and yeah, they, they are. are still uh, struggling. They've yeah, got I mean, to start. Yeah, uh, I thought it was me. I would take the week. I've got to be honest. Uh, if you could guarantee one win, I would take the week. Definitely. If I was a level-headed Hearts fan, I'd say the league. But I know a lot of them would say the cup, and obviously, it's a good opportunity to win silverware. Honestly, yeah. see, I see, East Road tomorrow night, isn't it? Yeah, and I, and Hibs, Hibs, I mean we we saw Hibs on Friday night against Inverness. As poor as Inverness were, I think Hibs looked really good. Greg Doherty's playing very well. Christian Doidge is finally well, not finally because he has you know for a few months now, been, but he's really starting to emerge. I, 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 I didn't fancy him at all when he was first first up. Off, off, like he was I, a complete donkey. But he, to be fair, he's yeah, he's, well, he's, 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 he's been banging them in. So yeah, he's a convert. But even even his assist, I think, was it for. Um, the young lad, Gullens, his name. Um, you know, his assist there. That was a lovely, good finish, by the way. Lovely first touch from Doyle to take it away from his man, and the cross in is is very good as well. So, no, he's looking good. McNulty, as much as I said, he wasn't up to the Scottish national team. He's still a very good striker. Um, you know, Greg Doctor, Scott Allen's always going to be providing that creativity that you know a lot of teams just quite simply don't have in the Scottish well, Premiership. It's, 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 it's kind of that way, isn't it? Like, yeah. Hibs have got really good football players, and Scott Allen's always the first one folk mention, isn't it? Yeah. Just, just for his technical people, ability, but yeah, I mean, the Hibs problem remains the fact that defensively they are fragile, and you know you saw it again against Inverness, the two goals Inverness score really, um, you know, it's not great defending. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, I, th- I think Hibs looked very good against Inverness on Friday night. I think it is really starting to click into place for Jack Ross, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them make the final, give either Celtic or Aberdeen a really good game, and also you know cement their top six status and, and challenge even for Europe. Um, you know, it's really starting to come together for for Hibs and Jack Ross. Aye, I I, 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 I was to talk. I wasn't as convinced as the appointment as other folk were, just because he hadn't really been tested at any real... I know he'd done a brilliant, brilliant job with Suburban, but obviously went down south and wasn't terrible, but wasn't it really great. But yeah, I mean, got, to, got to say, he's done very, very well. So I mean, Jack Ross at Sunderland was... I mean, that's Sunderland row. A, a lot of managers would, would have gone down there and struggled. There's... You know, a lot of issues there. And League One's a very difficult league to kind of... Well, I think they're still struggling the now, aren't they? So. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when Jack Ross came back up here, I was... Yeah, I mean, I know it took him a while. It's, it has taken him a while at Hibs to, to get things going. But, you know, I think certainly this season, I, I wouldn't be surprised what with Motherwell's downturn in form and Aberdeen's kind of struggles. I wouldn't be surprised to see Hibs sneak a European spot. And then I also wouldn't be surprised next season with the benefit of a full pre-season behind them, 
Jack Ross able to bring in you know, more of his own players and really start to implement his own style. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, finish third and and perhaps even even push for dare I say it, push for second next season. Uh, well, I think it can, can work. I think it can work a deal for. Obviously, we've got Doherty and Omiyonga both from yeah. London. Obviously, oh. McNulty as well up front. Did you see Omiyonga's goal on Friday night? Ah, it was a peach, absolute peach. Right. The technique is, is super. I mean, Omiyonga is. It's a shame that he is as injury prone as he is because technically he is a really good football player. Ah, I've, I've, I've been really impressed with him. Yeah. Any time I've seen him, I've got to be honest. Yeah. So I mean, I think, and then you know. The, I genuinely think they could they could they could push for um, a second place finish next year. And some people will probably laugh and say that's ridiculous. But if you know the Rangers that turns up at the start of next season is the same Rangers that's turned up post you know Dubai Christmas training camp, then Hibs would, would definitely fancy their chances. I, I think, um, and you know bring in a couple of solid defenders, and, and I think Hibs you know seriously, and you're looking at not just third but perhaps maybe even second if you know enough things can go their way. Um, yeah, no, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, it's a bold prediction, but I am absolutely here for it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've um, you know, I've got a, a, a few mates who are um, Hibs fans, and you know, I've, I do help out with a boy who scouts for Hibs, and and, and the, the infrastructure there that they have is out. I mean, I don't know what the structure's like at Old Firm, but I'd imagine it's over and above anything else. But outside of the Old Firm, I think Hibs have one of the best um, systems in place in terms of. Just everything that they do seems to run like clockwork, and it's as um, even just you know you know from the way that they run their stadium to the way that they run their kind of scouting, every, everything just seems to work so well. And the success that I think we're starting to see now is the result of you know you know a few years of kind of building up. And this is you know this is a success that everything else was pointing towards under Hickenbottom for one reason or another. It didn't work, but now under Jack Ross, we're really starting to see you know the the hard work bear fruit and. Yeah, honestly, I do think they could maybe even push for second place next year. Well, on that, I think they'll be competing against Stephen Gerrard's Rangers for second, in the sense that you think they will actually be competing for second and that you think Stephen Gerrard will be there next season. I, I think Gerrard has to be has to be asked. I think Gerard will be there. I mean, I know, I know that there was the rumour that it was that Kevin Thompson was going to be taking over, and then Thompson obviously rubbished those rumours um, from his personal Twitter account. Um, I don't. For, for me, I, I, just I, I think Gerard is well. Gerard's ultimately going to be angling for the Liverpool job, and you know there are a few jobs for him. You know that would tempt him away, other than that Liverpool job. I think at the time being, but then he he might decide that he's had enough. Um, on more than one occasion, his players have let him down. Yes, Gerard's tactics at, at times have been questionable, but I think he'll feel let down by his players, in particular a certain Alfredo Morelos. Um, and I, I don't. I think he will still be there, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if you know the news was to break that, that he had left Ibrox. I uh, on the Morelos thing. What's the thoughts on that? Uh, For both, you know, what do you think, Torres? I think I can see why Gerard's done it, but he's arguably the best player. Yeah. yeah, it's a cup quarter final. I know he might have missed a few games preparation, but still, he's still your top goal scorer. He's still your arguably your best player. He makes things happen out of nothing. Why not play him? Well, it's uh, just. But then, but, but then it is. Yeah, I think it's really difficult. I, I, I know. If they just turn up against Hearts and win, I think he gets applauded for it. Obviously, the fingers can now be pointed, but. To be honest, Morelos has been shite since since uh, the term of the year. That's that's Sky interview. Yeah, uh, I think you know he, interview. he's undoubtedly had a dip in form, um, and I don't know if there are other kind of non-football related issues which which are at play here. Um, but you know, when you think how good he was in that first half of the season, you think how poor he has been. In this second half of the season, and just how, you know, I think it's you know it's extremely unprofessional the, the way you know if Gerard's deemed it necessary to drop him completely from the team, a player as important as Morelos is, that is suggesting that you know the conduct was serious, and 
you know, it'd be, it'd, be it'd, really it'd, interesting to see the next game, see if he's back right. in the fold. See, it it makes me think... Even if see when he's, he's going to get back into the fold. Right. That'll be interesting. It, it makes me think that it might not be his first kind of discipline issue yeah, this you season. Wonder, uh, you wonder, Torres, if, if you know there have been other... Um, you know, situations that Gerard's kind of said, you know, strike one, strike two, and then this is strike three, maybe. Um, Aye, time will do. Then again, we, we, we are not the people on the know for that, unfortunately. I yeah. wish we were. Yeah. So, it'd be, it'd be kind, kind of running short on time, but I, if I have to say one thing on Aberdeen, go around all this Ferguson, what a strike. Oh, it, was, nah. it, was, it was so out of place and a rain soaked paisley. This kind of like Johan Cruyff esque finish, it was beautiful. And I was, oh, this fa- fantastic. So, this I haven't seen it last night for the first time, but see, see, when you first watched it, it does look because of the camera angle, oh, was that toe poke? But then you see it back, and uh, it's superb technique. You know, Lewis Ferguson's a very talented player, a lot of potential. I think he's living up to that potential, and the goal is just. You know, not not many players in you know the Scottish Premiership are capable of that. I don't think because it requires a degree of skill. You know, it's just and it was you know it was a goal that you know obviously Cosgrove scores the penalty in the second minute. But you know, Lewis Ferguson's goal on its own was more than um, worthy of winning any any cup tie. Um, he's just he's he's caught it. So he's he's just the technique. I don't know. We've we'll seen a gap, and he's thinking, oh. Outside the boot here, and then the goalkeeper Kladke, who's a very, very good goalkeeper, has absolutely no chance with it. Right, right in the sweet spot. Yeah, and you know Aber- Aberdeen will um, obviously they've been drawn against Celtic, but I think fans were absolutely fed up by the time that yeah. broke your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they're saying? No chance, no again. You could have predicted that was going to happen, but. Do you know what? The last couple of teams Aberdeen have played Celtic, they've gave them a really decent game. So well, yeah, they gave it Pataji. Um, you know, it was the late goal from from Ayr to win it. And you know, but in the league, they they have been struggling. Aberdeen, they have you know they lose against Ross County two one. I don't have, have you seen the Aberdeen or Reds TV commentary from that? Ah, uh-huh. that top side <laughs> that, was, no, he's about, he's no, about four yards on. <laughs> and that's that was up there with um, what's the goalie doing? Thomas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I mean Aberdeen, their season, you know, and in, in, in the league, I think, given how poor Motherwell have been, and you know, I think like, Motherwell made two points in the last eighteen, and Aberdeen are still not like pulling away in third place, and and you know years gone by, Aberdeen would would have cemented third place, you know, and, and be relatively comfortable in there in between that kind of like, old firm, and then the rest of the, old, the rest of the kind of league, but no, they. They, um, they, they'll not. I don't think they'll fancy their chances against Celtic in semi final. I don't think their fans will be fully confident that they can definitely finish third, or you know, definitely secure European football. If you know by finishing fourth, and if Celtic were to win the Scottish Cup, I just for me their season is in danger of petering out, and this Scottish Cup semi final offers them you know one last opportunity um, to get something out of it. And with McKenna, injured, yeah. They've just been lacking that sort of consistency that they've had over the last few seasons where they were able to grind out results and kind of cement that third place, as you said. But yeah. This year, they've just been dead stop-start. And Yeah. I mean, games games like Ross County at home are games that Aberdeen always seem to, to, to win and, and just grind out points, um, you know, and that's why they, they do, you know, invariably finish um, in third place. I know last season was an exception. But no, for for me, yeah, McInnes is. I, I was at you know the Scottish Cup game against Kilmarnock that was dramatic. We're not going to get into that. It was quite heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> my heart is broken, <laughs> sorrow. Um, no, but that was um, that was um, another level of deje- dejection altogether. But no, I think if Aberdeen had lost that night, a lot of fans would have turned on McInnes. Um Well, I think a lot. I think I think that would have been, you know, um perhaps the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, they've they've made it to yet another Scottish Cup semi final, yet another cup semi final, and it's just the consistency that you know in, in that regard has been impressive from Aberdeen, but in the league, 
some of the results have, have been um, suspicious, to say the least. Right. We'll just close with a one-word answer and then we'll talk about it in the next podcast because yeah. I don't really want to speak about it. <laughs> Summer football, yes or no? Yes, yes, absolutely yes. Thomas? Yes, why no? Right. Oh, we forgot to mention... Um, I'm saying no. <laughs> we forgot to mention the boys not being able to head, head the ball anymore. And the girls, the boys and the girls not being able to head the ball anymore. Right, yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> Another like that. You know, like when you're running short, should the boys and the girls be allowed to head the football? Yes. Yes. I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying no because um, if the scientists are saying it, then let's go with them. And then and you can, you can head it again after, after under twelves, I think. So uh, I'm not against the whole in training. I, I, in the game, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think in games, it's, it would be a bit ridiculous, to be honest. I think but... you're like a wee guy, Scottish Cup, under 11. Did they, have, they must have Scottish Cup under 11's level. Oh, Scottish right. final. And um, got a chance to win the game, but you think, and, and you head it, and the referee blows it. It's an absolute screamer of a header. The place is going mental, and the referee goes, oh, do you know what? Hey, you've just headed that, and me, man, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to chop that right. off. <laughs> I, I, would, I would never score that goal. Yeah. But anyway, well, we'll, 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 get, we'll talk about summer football and heading the ball, but in the next podcast. Good topic to speak about. Aye. Uh, anyway, any other business to wrap up? No, no, I just, uh, I, w- I would just like to mention how I like how everyone in Erskine refers to each other by their, their second name. It's a bit like, like I feel like I was in Rio de Janeiro and uh, sat <laughs> the can, uh, Sweeney's, the, the no, I did. Um, no, I enjoyed that, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed Erskine. It's a great place. Um, I would need, I would need to see about changing my surname to Torres, and but oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but no, it was a great night that. And yeah. aye, glad you enjoyed it. Cheers. So it's good to see you. Aye, I'd say great. so. I think we've covered Magic. most bases. Great trips. Cheers for listening. Uh, also. Check out Stan's interview with Max Ashworth last week. I listened to it earlier. It's very, 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 very insightful. Even though he has a dangerous background guy, but that's by the by. Anyway, cheers for listening, troops. Catch you next time. Cheers, guys.